Thanks for joining us for this message from Awakened Church. We believe in the power of God's Word, and we pray that you're encouraged by this message. Now lean in as we hear from God's Word together. Today is all about vision casting, so I'm going to share just a few words out of God's Word for us today. And, um, you know, we've been in this series called Little by Little, Finding Your Identity in Christ. And, and what I love about this series is that uh, the world would love to tell us what our identity is in. You'd love to say, if you can have this stuff, or if you could get in this relationship, or if you could be over here, if you could have this, or if you can have that, then that's your identity. And what we've been learning is that as believers, our identity is not in our stuff, in our money, and all of that. It's in Jesus. And Jesus is the one who gives us our identity. And so last week, we talked about how we're supposed to be imitators of Jesus. And everything we do, we're supposed to imitate Jesus. And when I thought about that, as I read the Bible, what I'm finding out is that Jesus was very good at teaching in the temple. He was very wise. People came to know God in the temple when Jesus was teaching. You know, uh, Jesus was also very good with people, getting out with people, being with the people. And I would say as Awakened Church, we've done a really good job on Sundays, I think we've done a great job. Our Kelly and the worship team does a fantastic job every single week leading us before the Lord in worship. We have a group of pastors that love God's word and, and want to teach it and teach it with passion. So whether I'm here or not, you're going to have a pastor come in here and teach and give God's word. And we, I think we do Sundays very well. How do I know this? Because I'm seeing people get baptized. People come to know the Lord. And so I'm seeing it happen. But what I would say, like we've talked about today, we've, we have some goals next year to mobilize the church, to get out in the church, or to get out into the community just a little bit more. And so that's, been, that's our goal, is to imitate Jesus out in our world. I was thinking about this this week, and I was reminded of the very first message that I taught here uh, this, earlier this year. And it was about how we can make God's house our home. That this isn't just for us to rent a chair, come in and go, oh, Nate, you were funny. Or Nate, that, that sermon tickled my mind a little bit and that was good and gave me some challenges. But it's for us to act on. And as we continue to realize that we have gifts, talents, abilities that God has given us, we could take ownership of this place and we could start making some noise. Because right now, some of us are making some noise. Some of us are getting invested. Some of us are getting plugged in. But the more of us, as we band together, we can take this city and make some noise for Jesus. And the only way that we're ever going to be able to do that, the only way we can unlock that door is with the key called faith. In fact, I know uh, Hebrews 11.6 is a verse that God's really challenged me with, and I believe is going to be kind of our verse moving forward as a church. And it says this, if you're not familiar with Hebrews 11.6, it says, And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists, and that he rewards those who seek him. Faith is having complete trust and confidence in God. See, there's no sugarcoating the importance of faith that this verse shows us. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. It's not halfway possible or maybe possible. It's impossible. But not only do you need to believe that he exists, what this verse tells us and says is that he rewards those who seek him. And I was thinking about that word rewards. Our family recently has gotten into rewarding frozen pizzas with certain pizza scores. That's what we've done. We give certain pizzas our review, our reward of what we think it is. And then we gather around and we watch Thursday night football because I've got a fantasy team that needs some help. And so 
pray for me. It's not going well at all, all right? And I don't like Aaron Rodgers. So if you're a Green Bay fan, we'll pray for you as well, all right? So (laughs) I've got a point in all of this, all right? Hang with me for just a minute. So we're reviewing pizzas. And so my kids will go, well, I give this pizza a nine, a reward of a nine. And I go, that's a rookie score. You mean to tell me that like, that's some of the best pizza you've ever had in your life? Some of them will say a two, others will say a 5.7. And so we give them our rewards. We, we, we rate these pizzas from one to 10. And I was thinking about that word reward and it reminds me, and it makes me want to bring this challenge and this question to you today. If you were to give yourself a faith rating score from one to 10, what would you give yourself today? Would you give yourself a 2.2? A nine? Would you give yourself, ah, I'm about halfway, 5.5? What big, bold steps of faith did you take this week, this last month, this last year, that if God didn't come through, there's no way that it would happen? Look at your life. Do some inventory. What steps of faith did you take for God? Would your neighbors, would your group leaders, would the people you serve with, would they look at you and know you as a person of faith or not? Would God, when he looks down at you, see you as a person of faith? You might be thinking, well, what does it look like to have great faith? Well, in the Bible, Jesus was amazed two times at people's faith. First one is in Mark chapter 6. Jesus comes into his hometown of Nazareth and he's, he's in there and he's teaching in the temple and the people are amazed. They're like, wow, this is so great. This is so, this is good. And then right away they turn and their mood completely shifts and they go, man, this Jesus, this is it. He's, he's a carpenter. Like there's no way this is the same. We hang out with his siblings. They immediately doubted him, had no faith in him. And it tells us that Jesus was amazed at their lack of faith. But then you go further on into Luke chapter seven and you can read this faith of the centurion man, this great faith that he had. And he had the servant who was sick and Jesus is coming to heal this man and, and the servant or, and Jesus is on this road and the centurion sends some of his people to tell Jesus, hey, right where you're at, would you just speak? And we know the servant would be healed. We know you don't even have to be in the same room. We know you don't have to touch him. You don't have to do anything. You could just speak right where you're at, far from this house, and we know he would be healed. And it tells us that Jesus was amazed at their great faith. On a faith scale, what would you give your faith? Would you be like the people in Nazareth? Or would you be like the centurion who had great faith? See, the thing about faith is, faith is risky. It's kind of some risky business, right? You got to take some risks. In fact, uh, we have values here at Awaken. You could go online and see what they are. But one of the values that we have is this. It says the gospel is worth the risk. The gospel of Jesus is the only message that has the power to save and redeem mankind. Our faith enables us to continually take risks for God, always trusting in his power and provision. See, as a church, I believe that God wants us to take big, bold, audacious, risky steps of faith for him. You know, you've heard about it. We've talked a little bit about it. We're going to try to get better in taking care of one another. You know, for uh, for some of us, we need to fix a lot of broken things. And so what that means, we're going to have to take risks and give a little bit more and meet some of those needs. 
You know, we're wanting to mobilize, get out in the community more, serve those people around us. And so that's going to take some risks. And so for us to be able to know how to take these big, bold steps of faith, I want us to know two things about it. And the first is you can't play it safe and please God. In fact, Hebrews eleven six again says, and without faith, it's impossible to please him. You can't please God and play it safe. In other words, if you could do everything on your own, in your own power, in your own strength, and you never needed God, then you don't have faith. You're living without it. And without faith, you cannot please God. Here's the reality. There will be times in our lives and times as a church, we're going to come together. And I'm going to say, hey, we're able to go reach this group of people over here. We're going to be able to give to hear more people uh, to get the Bible translated in more languages. We're going to be able to do this or this thing just broke. And, and this is what we're going to try to do to fix it. And we're going to come together. We're going to cheer. And we're going to rally. We're going to be excited. And we're going to then go on to Riverside and we're going to go, oh, how are we going to pay for that? How do we get in with those people? What if God doesn't show up? Every time we take a risk, every time we step out, God is always faithful to show up. But that's faith. Faith is stepping out when we're scared, when we're intimidated by what might happen. But we got to take those risky steps of faith. You know, I love that we're celebrating 12 years of ministry here. And, and I don't know how many of you love history. I love history. Uh, I'm somewhat, I think, a history buff. Maybe the only thing I'm buff in, you know, like, uh, it's a joke. I'm not that strong. You might be fooled by this checkered shirt. But, <laughs> but I'm, I'm a little bit of a history buff. And I love history. I love World War II history. I know a lot about it. I love JFK and all that stuff. And I know a little bit around 9-11. So I really enjoy those kinds of things. I like studying about it. I like knowing the facts. I like learning about it. And so I like that. And so anytime I'm ever asked about the history of the church, I always tell people it's the faithfulness of God. It's the faithfulness of God that led people in Clarksville to be praying for a church to be planted here. But little did they know it was the faithfulness of God that there was a group of people ready to answer that call in Albuquerque, New Mexico to be that answered prayer. It's the faithfulness of God that this church was around for one year and then completely lost everything in a flood. And then to be one of the first things, one of the first businesses back in the shopping center. It was the faithfulness of God that allowed us to be able to buy this place. We're only five years old and we were able to buy this shopping center. It's only the faithfulness of God. Have we been able to be in this building that we're sitting in right now? This is the faithfulness of God. For the longest time, we've been in two venues that sat about 70 people. But it was last year that God finally opened up the doors for us and said, now you can build it's only through the faithfulness of God have we ever been there. I believe we're going to see the faithfulness of God as we go out and we build phase two. I believe we're going to see the faithfulness of God when we get out of these doors, get out into the city and make some noise for Jesus. We're going to see the faithfulness of God. That's always been the history and that will always be what this church is about. The faithfulness of God. And so today we have gifts right as you go outside. In the lobby, right over to the left, if you want to grab one, you could grab one of these gifts. Again, it's a birthday, so we all get a present. <laughs> and what I love here at Awaken is, and, and here's the point with this. When you leave here, or when you come in, you're going to see our monument wall. It's that giant thing with all these beads in it. 
And it shows us the faithfulness of God. That's where that was really came out of, was the faithfulness of God. And so this year, we've been putting in beads for those who've, been, uh, who've come to know the Lord. We put in beads for those who've gotten baptized to show ourselves God is still moving. God is still working. He's still in our midst. And then you'll notice these white ones. And these white marbles represent answered prayers. And I know for some of you, God is calling you to take some big, giant steps of faith. And it's time that you're done spreadsheeting it, praying about it, talking about it, trying to figure it out. It's time that you act on it. And so I would encourage you on your way out, grab one of these, take it home and say, Lord, I know you're calling me to something. I know you're calling me to do something. And even if you don't know what it is, grab it and say, Lord, I want to be more involved. I want to be, I want to have a faith that pleases you. And grab one of these and pray over it and ask the Lord to do something in your life. And when he does, then come back with this marble and drop it in there so we all can be witnesses of the faithfulness of God. I love that when I leave here, I'm reminded of the faithfulness of God. And when I come in, I can see the faithfulness of God. God is always faithful. Not only is he faithful in our church, but he's faithful in our lives. I love that I've been able to stand next to people who have dropped beads in when they gave their their lives to the Lord or got baptized or they said, we've been praying for this for a while or we were praying for this and the Lord answered this prayer. I love being able to stand off and watch people drop those beads. And I'm not just talking adults. I've watched kids who've been baptized, who gave their lives to the Lord and awaken kids and, and then drop one of those beads in. Kids who've been praying over something, they get to drop that bead in. We're all witnesses to the faithfulness of God. So you can't play it safe and please God. See, our fear of failure or our fear of discomfort can keep us from taking steps of faith. Because here's the truth. Often we think failing means missing God. But what I found out is that failing is often the first step to discovering God. See, never let the fear of failure stop you from taking a step of faith. You can't play it safe And please, God, here's the second thing I want you to know. Faith doesn't need all of the answers. Later on in Hebrews 11, verse 8, it says, By faith, by faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. See, I love that because many of us were not like that. You know, Jen and I, we, uh, now that the kids are all in school, Friday's become errand day. And so we're driving around and sometimes I just get in the car and we're driving. I'm like, wait, where are we going? I don't have enough faith to know where we're going to go. I generally know, but we like to know where we're going before we take that step of faith, before we get out of there. I love that this verse says, Abraham had no clue what was going on, had no idea where he was going, but he took that step of faith. He went out. I hope that this verse could say, by faith. Awakened church, obeyed, and went out and was called to certain places. We could even personalize it and say, by faith, Nate stepped out and was obedient and went out to different places to reach the city for Jesus. By faith, Josh stepped out and went and obeyed and was obedient to the Lord. By faith, Isaac stepped out and was obedient to the Lord. By faith, Jason stepped out and was obedient to the Lord. By faith, Christy. By faith, Caitlin. By faith, we all stepped out and were obedient to the Lord and took great steps of faith. Faith doesn't need all the right answers to take that first step. 
Sometimes we just need to take that first step knowing the Lord has everything under control and he's got it. You know, I, it reminds me, um, back in eighth grade, my, uh, my family was moving from Las Cruces, southern New Mexico, back up to northern New Mexico, Albuquerque. And I get to this new school, and so I'm, you know, I'm trying to transition, get used to everything, and get used to the classes, and making new friends. And so I, uh, I'm going to my locker, and I open up my locker, and a note falls out. So I go, all right. So I pick up the note, and I'm reading it. And it's from a girl that says, do you like me? <laughs> Check yes or no. Signed your secret admirer. And I just remember I held the note and I was like, what? Like, there's a lot of questions I have right now. Like, I don't know who you are. You might be a creep. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like, are we going to have anything in common? Like, there's a lot of questions that I have. What I came to find out was that that girl was scared to come and have a face-to-face conversation with me. She wanted to fill it out with some friends or, you know, write this note to see what I might say. And I think oftentimes we're like that with God. We go, God, I know you're calling me to do something. God, I know you're calling me to do something great. But would you just check yes or no if I'm really called to do this? I don't really want to put myself out there. I don't really want to go do this. Just make it clear. We need to be obedient to take that first step, just like Abraham was. We sometimes need to just put ourselves out there. Listen, you can have faith or you can have control but you cannot have both. God is calling us to awaken people far from Christ to new life in Christ. And what that means, we're going to have to put ourselves out there. And sometimes we're going to have to have awkward conversations and walk away going, oh, why am I so awkward? (laughs) Sometimes that means we're going to have to serve more and go, man, I don't have a day just for me. Oh, I missed this movie premiere. I can't binge watch this show. But great faith pleases God. And we're going to have to let go of control at times and just take those steps of faith. I wish I had a magic crystal ball that I could say, all right, here's all that we're going to do. Here's how the Lord's going to provide. Here's the steps that we're going to be able to take. It's all going to be okay. But listen, I didn't get that. The Lord didn't provide me one of those. But here's what I do know is that we need to take steps of faith to find out. And as we take those steps, I believe that every risk we take, every bold, big, audacious uh, step of faith we take, God is going to show up and reveal himself to us both individually and corporately as a church. And so how does this play out? What does taking steps of faith look like for us? I believe two things. It, It looks different for us individually, and it looks something for us corporately. Individually, God might be calling some of us to serve a little bit more. You could be part of our our greeting team or you could be part of our media team or you could be part of our kids team and you know the Lord is calling you to this and you know you got to take a step of faith. You know, the Lord could be calling you to give a little bit more. The Lord could be calling you to be in an awakened group, to leave out here, go to that white car and find one of those nine groups and sign up for it. The Lord might even be saying, hey, make yourself a little bit more available. There's going to be some mobilizing. I've uniquely gifted you in a way to reach this city. For others of you, you walk around here and you go, man, this church has a lot of problems, not the people, but the building, you know, like some things are falling apart. I know how to do this. I know how to help. Maybe God's telling you to be available, to make yourself available. But corporately, as we've talked about our vision moving forward here in 2022, we're going to have to take steps of faith together. 
And as we grow both individually and corporately, our faith will grow as well. Faith doesn't need all the right answers. Great faith pleases God. So let's go back to our original question. Would God be amazed with your great faith? Or would he be amazed at the lack of faith? That you have all of the Holy Spirit of God living inside of you. You have all the power of God living inside of you, but you never take a step of faith. That you have access to go before the throne of God with confidence through the blood of Jesus, but yet you never come to him and you never pray. Would God be amazed at your great faith? Or would he be amazed by your lack of faith? I don't want us to be a church that just sits back and relaxes. It's like, well, we got this Sunday thing down. I've got my chair. I've got my place. This is good. I've got my parking lot. I've got the coffee. I don't want us just to sit back and relax, but I want us to grow together. Grow together in our faith and have a faith that pleases God. See, when God looks at you, I want him to be amazed with your faith. And when God looks at our church, I want him to be amazed with our faith in him. Because I believe with all of my heart, this next year, God wants to do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ever ask, think, or imagine, according to his power at work in the church. So that he, so that God would be glorified for generations to come. See, our God gave us the great commission. He did not give us the small commission. So we need to go out and bring the good news of Jesus to our city. But not only do we need to tell people about Jesus, we need to be people who imitate Jesus, getting out with the people, serving people, helping people. When we hear a need, we're right there. We're one of the first ones to respond with the love of Jesus because we're doing it in his name. So together, let's take big, bold, audacious, risky steps of faith for the glory of God. Amen? Amen. And let's see what God's going to do and how he's going to work in and through us. Amen? Thanks for joining us for this message from Awaken Church. We'd love to hear how this message or the ministry of Awaken has impacted your life. Let us know at awaken.church forward slash my story.